EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Thank you very much for listening. Great to have your company once again here on the EFTM Podcast, talking everything tech, cars and lifestyle. We've got a busy show today, lots of great calls. Can't wait to get to those. And we're going to talk social media. Um, I feel like we're talking about a month late, but I, I want you to sit back and have a listen to this conversation about an Aussie social media platform called Lit, L-I-T-T. I mentioned it briefly on the Today Show during the Facebook dramas, and I've been using it on and off since. Um, and it's unique. In, in a very big way, as well as being very familiar in a lot of ways. But its challenge, like all new things, is growing. You know, how do you get to, how do you challenge something that has 60 or 7% of Australians using it with an app that has 20,000? Um, I don't know how you grow to that point. So this will be an interesting one to follow. I don't know where I'd put my bet right now if I was asked to for a five-year vision but there's something very different about the app that makes me not want to just bet against them. So we'll talk about that shortly. Um, a lot of follow-up calls on electric cars, uh, plus your everyday calls about all things technology here on the EFTM podcast. Look, it was a rough weekend, I won't lie. Um, my... My wife's grandmother has been in, in in care for some time and not well and unfortunately passed away on the weekend and that's pretty rough, um, especially for um, my father-in-law, his sister, his sisters and, uh, and all the family. It's also kind of a sad and strange thing to tell your kids about. My kids have witnessed um, loss before. My grandmother passed away about four years ago. But it's still, you know, they're growing up, they're learning these things and it's actually fascinating to watch or listen to them ask questions, um, questions about, you know, funerals and different stuff. So um, not an easy time. And then uh, also on the weekend, a great man of radio passed away, John Brennan. Now, Breno was um, my colleague slash boss slash mentor for many years. Uh, many of you know I worked at 2GB for a long time. Um, I worked on the Ray Hadley Morning Show when we started that show in 2002 uh, at 2GB and um, running on from that about 2003, I was promoted from the uh, assistant producer on the morning show to assistant program director, working alongside in the same office and the same room as John Brennan. And we worked together to build all the crazy things we did from ideas of giveaways to problems with on-air um, issues or just getting the station to air. And it was amazing to watch him work, just amazing uh, to be side by side with a legend of the industry, a man who found and pretty much created the careers of John Laws, Alan Jones, Ray Hadley, Mike Carlton, Stan Zamanik, you know, so many great, great talents. You know, Stan was such a unique talent and uh, Breno just loved what he did as he did with Hadley and Jones and all those on the station. But um, it was fascinating because really... I was too young. I was way too young to be even considering moving from that position somewhere else. And I've talked about this with Stephen Fennick on the private feed. I'm sure you could track it down if you looked hard enough on the two blokes talking tech. Um, but when I left, Breno was still a consultant, but he was he was clearly moving towards retirement. And we kept in touch in great detail. I visited 
John and Jenny in their home. Um, many times we had morning tea and we talked about the old days and we talked about what we'd do if we're, if we're in charge now with talent or on air and different things because um, the industry has been through a lot. And um, only 18 months ago I, I learned that uh, John and Jenny had moved into uh, into a nursing home very near to me. And I was like, oh, God, we're neighbours, Breno. So we emailed back and forth and we caught up. And it was just awesome. Um, you know, they were getting older, as you do, but it was still awesome to sit and chat about the world and the industry and, you know, different things going on. Um, and it was really awesome to see them. And I, I committed at the time that we'd, we'd catch up, we'd bring the kids because they always asked about the kids. I love the fact that John and Jenny would always ask after the kids. Um, but then COVID hit and unfortunately, you know, visits to nursing homes became almost an impossibility for anyone but family. So, um, it wasn't until I guess late last year, October or so when COVID had kind of calmed down that, um, someone, in fact, Ray Hadley had asked me whether Breno changed his email address and I said, I'll check. So I sent him an email and it didn't bounce back. So I thought it was still legit, but a week later it hadn't had a response and that was very rare. So I rang his son and I, uh, it, it, he, Peter informed me that, that Breno had been diagnosed with vascular dementia and that was, you know, affecting him and it was, it was not an easy time. And so it was quite sad. Um, and I'm kind of really sad that I didn't get to see him again and we didn't get to chat again. Um, and it can't be easy for the whole family because he was such a, such a presence in the room, such a presence in the room. I can imagine him. I only saw him at work. Uh, and it functions, but I can imagine him at a family event. He would have been just absolutely, you know, holding court and Jenny as well. Um, so it's a terribly sad time for, for Peter and Dianne and Rick and Kim and, and Breno's grandchildren, a couple of cute twins who would just be going into high school, I'm guessing. Um, so not an easy time for any of them in the family and not an easy time for anyone in the industry because Breno was, was an absolute class act and, and like no one you would have ever met because these days there's always egos and different things involved. But Breno was just, just straight up and down. He was a straight shooter. And I have to say, I was reminded of his influence by Sarah McGilvery, who, who is right now, she's like just a genius, but top of the notch at Nova in Sydney. And she works for producers, the Fitzy and Whipper show, but also co-hosts an hour with Matt DeGroote before the Fitzy and Whipper show on Nova in Sydney. And she said, in an Instagram post, like many others, I was given my first job in radio by this man, John Brennan, who was kind, encouraging, and knew absolutely everything about the game. A true legend. Um, so it just reminded me that, you know what, they everyone in the industry talks about Hadley and Jones and all the personalities like Fordham and stuff, but, geez, behind the scenes, Brennan had, I think, more influence than he did on the air um, because of the people that he, he found, he nurtured, he mentored, and... Um, and his mark will be left on the on the radio industry for many, many years to come. Uh, I think because his son Rick is just, uh, let me be clear, Pete was so proud, uh, John was so proud of both his sons. Pete uh, worked in radio for many years. He was at 2GB, went on to the ABC, went on to 2UE. He had, he had such a great career in radio um, and has since retired to essentially be the full-time carrier for John and Jenny over recent years. Rick was an unbelievable doctor worked I think at Doctors Without Borders but also at the World Health Organization the guy was like the chief medical officer I mean I don't want to read his bio but he was he's seriously guru style medical um globally and he's been working in in Egypt for a couple of years I think so he's got to fly back so Bruno's um send off will be in a few weeks and I can imagine it will be 
one hell of a send-off, Breno. And um, I love to the entire Brennan family. Um, and for anyone that listens to talk radio, Breno is the reason why it exists the way it does today. He was a genius and he knew the audience better than anyone. And I think that Breno's focus on audience is what gives me my focus on audience. Audience first, the most important thing. That's why that's why I love doing the giveaways we do in the man cave. They're, they're very Breno-esque. They're, they're the kind of things that, you know, the ideas, the, anyway, it's, it's just weird how much of an impact one person can have on your life. So it's been a tough week in our household um, and hopefully it's been a better one for you if you've been going through a rough time. We're all thinking of you. Much love to anyone that's that's going through a rough time, but particularly at this time, my wife's family and to the Brennan family, all my love, and um, hopefully we get a good send-off soon. Anyway, we're here to talk tech and cars, but I take the opportunity to stand on my soapbox when I can. Let's get cracking with the show. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Your turn to get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Nick did that. G'day. How are you, mate? Hi, Trevor. Thanks for uh, giving me a call. No worries, mate. What can I do for you? Look, I'm having a very, uh, I guess, a real head versus heart um, debate at the moment. Um, we're looking to get a new car for the family, mm. um, and we're tossing really between two two vehicles. Um, and look, we're a family of four of, you know, myself, my wife, and we've got sort of two kids, one just entering teenage years and one sort of around eight or nine. Yep. Um, but we also want a bit of versatility. So we want kind of the SUV, the five seats, but the option for the additional two yeah. uh, two seats. So I guess, uh, and we don't do any off-road drive or anything to that effect, but I guess where we're kind of having this battle at the moment is Hyundai have just released their um, new, what's it called, Palisade, the Highlander in particular, yes. which is just looks beautiful inside and, and the kids have looked through it and, and loved it. Captain's chairs, was in, it was incredible. Yep. How many kids you got, um, did you say? Just two, yep. Um, but you know the how, kind of the years were occasionally um, eleven and seven. Okay, yep, gotcha. Um, and then the other option we're debating though is to look at something a bit more premium and maybe look at the Land Rover Discovery Sports. Um, so, so what I'm what I'm hearing here is I'm hearing Heart Discovery Head Palisade. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the dilemma I've got. And I'm, I hear you, mate, because I um, so my first car was a little European hatchback. I loved it um, when I had to sell it because it was a manual and my partner at the time was not a manual driver and it just didn't make sense. I owned a Mitsubishi Lancer for six months and then I went, this yeah. is horrible, and bought a BMW because I'm a snob. Um, yeah. And sold the BMW, got a Holden Commodore. I love that car. And now I own a Kia Carnival, which I friggin' love. Let me be very clear. But yeah. if I had my choice, would I buy a, a Range Rover? Hell yeah. Now – the thing is, there's a couple of – I think, to be honest, I don't think this is a tough one at all. I'll be completely honest with you, mate. Yeah. The Discovery Sport we're talking about or the big Discovery? No, the Discovery Sport. So, A, the Discovery Sport is small, tiny compared to the Highlander. Yeah. Um, but perfectly fine for your family, 11 and 7, yeah. no drama at all, um, depending on how much stuff you want to load into the back because, you know, there's boot space, but there's just no um, real challenge to get additional people in, right? Um, yeah. The Palisade uh, slash Highlander, and in fact, literally this morning, Flipsy published his review at EFTM.com of the range. So he's had... Oh, I was actually on your website looking at that this morning, so I happened to read that on my way into... So I'll head it off to work. We've had, um, for the last four weeks, all four models. So so he's driven them all. And I picked up the first one, and I thought, oh, this is nice, it's big, da-da-da-da-da, but it was the standard Palisade. 
And then he picked up the Highlander, which is just holy crap premium. Um, And he said, and I think it's a massive call, it's a better family car than the Prado because so many people Mm. buy the Prado for that size. They don't buy the Prado because they're going four-wheel driving. They buy the Prado because of the size. Mate, with your two in the captain's chairs and the boot space that comes on its own with the third row up, um, my only concern will be with the third row down, um, what you know, I'd want to have like a luggage um, mat, you know, what are those that oh, yeah, 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 or something yeah. to hold the luggage down? Not a not a cage, just one of those netting things. So that yeah, can, so it doesn't sort of slide through. Yeah, what happens? I, I haven't checked myself. There maybe there's an option or something for that, but that's my only concern with two kids in the back when you do go on a road trip. What's stopping that stuff sliding forward? How annoying would that be, right? Um, yeah. But let me tell you this. In our Kia Carnival, we took the centre seat of the second row out because you can and we don't need eight seats. We just need five, but seven is yeah. good. Um, so we took the centre one out. So the two in the middle row are sitting separate. And I said to them last night when they were arguing, I said, listen, you got your own chairs. There's no reason why you should be touching each other at all. And it's the best thing, those captain chairs, because that's what they are. They're, it's your own luxurious space. It's bloody amazing. And that car drives well, looks great. It's priced excellent compared to anything of yep. its size. And yes, you could get a Discovery Sport, but and, and you know, obviously there's a lot of things there. Discovery Sport's probably going to hold its value on a percentage basis better. Um, but this is going to be a car I'm tipping you're going to have for four or five years. So yes, do, do, does that really matter? And trust me, when those kids, my 14-year-old is a whole lot bigger than he was when he was 11, mate. So assuming that's it for you guys, when those kids are 16 and 11, you've got great space for them and their mates. You've got a, you've got a third row to put them to pick up their mates. Yeah. I always said to my wife, why do we need seven seats? We've only got three kids. She goes, because we're always shuttling other people's kids around. And and we do that because they shuttle our kids around. It's a you know quid pro quo thing, as you would well know. So I can't imagine you'd be disappointed with the Highlander. Go if you can if you can go the the Highlander spec. Yeah, and look, and that's all we're looking at. It, we just went and kicked the tyres on it the other day, and it just looked beautiful inside. Um, we didn't get to take the Highlander for a drive. We took the um, uh, you know, the normal model, whatever, the, the entry-level model for drive. And, again, it drove beautifully. Yeah. Like, a, you know, and then you get into the Highlander and you go, for what drives that well and it looks this good in the Highlander. Um, it was a pretty impressive And I know it's ridiculous. For, and, and this sounds, I don't know what it sounds, sounds like I've got too much money, but it's just a Kia Carnival, folks, chill, $60,000 car. But we went the Platinum because I wanted those trimmings. I wanted to feel yep. like I was in, in a better place than the base model. I wanted the button to push to get the doors to slide open. All those little things that happen in, yep. for me, the Carnival, but what would be for you, the Palisade. Those seats look beautiful. They're comfy. The bigger screen infotainment. There's a whole lot of trimmings there that I, I think, frankly, absolutely match it with anything that comes out of Japan and, you know, on a price basis, genuinely make it a competitor to the Euros. But, you know, people still buy Euros because they're brands. That's really the only reason. And that's the other thing I, mean, I look at, and you know, we just stumbled across the Palisade. So the Land Rover was where we were headed, mm. and then just happened to read an article on on somewhere, and and you know, I thought, oh, go have a look at that. Now it's from that, that. Now it's why I'm finding myself torn. I've got this uh, kind of you know, honest, European I brand. I haven't read like um, I'd love to know what the guys at Car Expert think. You know, yeah. car advice. If those guys have got wraps on the Palisade as a driver's car, yeah. then 
and you know, Flipsy's my man, but you know, don't don't take us for granted. No one buys a car off one review, right? Everyone's reading no. multiple things. I'm not an idiot. It's the same with phones, but there was just so much praise in his review and you know things like the I, I wonder at the price point maybe this is what you could do is at the price point you would get the palisade highlander and the discovery what would you miss out on in the discovery so are you going to get um head up display are you going to get 360 monitor for reverse reversing are you getting all the blind spots are you getting mm. things like safe exit there's some really amazing things that happen in those korean cars that you have to pay extra for in the euros yep. yeah yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that comparison. Look, that's been helpful. I just, um, like I said, you know, sit down, you read, read out, you got your heart set on one thing, and then something comes along. And you go, this just seems like a more sensible option, yeah. and that's where you find your head getting in the way. I, I do think the that sensible. See, I mate, I don't know how you are, but I feel like we're probably very similar age. I look at it and go, I love my carnival, and I, I have no drama owning it. I think it looks sick when I drive it because I've got the tinted to the hell. You know, I'm happy with it. But there's no way I want to own a carnival when I'm 50. So in five or six years from now, my next car yep. is going to be for, for me, not for the kids. <laughs> you know, so, yep. <laughs> um, yep. That, that's the plan. That If we can keep the carnival for 10 years, then that'll see out the, the, the kids in, the, in their, yep. all their phases of high school and stuff. And that second, that'll become the second car to something that is, you know, something that I like. Yep, or my wife special. Likes. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for your help, Trevor. I really appreciate that. Enjoy, it's always good mate. to chat. Let me know what you end up with. I'm, I'm dead keen. We'll we'll do. Thanks, good, mate. All the best, you, mate. No worries at all. And uh, whatever you've uh, you've got a quandary on your mind about, um, let us know. And if I don't know the answer, I'll refer back to, or I'll get other people to help, um, because it's a really interesting quandary there. You know, you try you park a Palisade next to a Discovery Sport, and they are like parking a, a Sydney Harbour Ferry next to a cruise ship. They're they're very different sized cars, and I. You know, I think people buy these cars for their size and their potential use as much as for your absolute needs. Discovery Sport's going to do everything Nick's, Nick wants in his everyday needs, but it's what the Palisade op offers above and beyond that that I think is very interesting. Anyway, uh, let me know what you think. If you've got a view, get in touch. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Happy to help with anything that's going on in your world. All you got to do is go to the website, EFTM.com. Click on Ask Trev. G'day, Leslie. Hello, Trevor. Good morning. How are you? Very well. What can I do for you? I'm having some problems with Android Auto. I have the Galaxy Ultra, S21 Ultra. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. How and do you like I have it? A, love it. Oh, wow. I, I'm an Apple person. Come across to the Galaxy. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Park yeah, the Android okay. Auto for a minute. How long did you get? Is this your first Android since no. having an Apple? No, I flip-flop between Apple and Android because I get sick of Apple, then I flip-flop over to Android. What makes you get sick of them? I, I like Apple, but sometimes it just gets a bit boring. You can't customise anything. Oh, and look at you. You're running, what, are you, what are you, running bootloaders and stuff? Well, I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I know well, a lot of people ask me that. Not even I do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so S21, did you have an iPhone before the S21 though? Or yeah, yeah. And in my master, I have Apple CarPlay, which is fantastic. Yeah. And now with the Android Auto, it is terrible. I can be uh, in the middle of a call, a text will come up, and I lose the connection. Obviously, I connect it via the cable. Um, so I can you're be on, on a call, and a text comes up, and it all drops yeah. out? Yeah. Did right. it to me the other day, and I could hear them talking on the phone. So I had to actually pull over, disconnect the cord, cord mm. and actually talk on the phone. Wow. And then what's, many what's a time. What sort of car you got? 
I've got a CX30, so it's a fairly new car. Yeah, I was going to say, that's new, so that's, yeah. there's no issues there. And so the thing is, let's be clear, the car doesn't do anything. Um, the car mm. is just a screen. Um, yes. There's actually no real major computing power or anything used in the car, which is why if you ever do navigating with your maps and your phone and your CarPlay or your mm. Android Auto on yep. like a few-hour drive, your phone will get very hot because it's doing everything. Oh, anyway, okay. that aside, um, it, mm. it shouldn't be an issue. Um, you, you know, there's, the obvious things here are Android Auto is its own app. So just check that you've done all software updates on that thing because they yeah. do do little updates now and then. Um, mm. But it's it's that's about all you – as an individual, that's about all you can do. So I've noticed that yeah. in a couple of cars with wireless Apple CarPlay, I've noticed yeah. that it, it drops out and then it comes back straight away. To be honest, okay. I don't care because it's like oh, it comes back. I'm good yeah. as long as it keeps yeah. going. But for you, you're losing – the, the hands-free nature of it. so That's, that's right, and it's dangerous. It's when crippling. you think, oh, I'm in the middle of the call, I'm at work. Well, it's dangerous it because then you, then you become less reliant on it and you go, well, I for the reliability here, I'm going to pick up the phone before I yeah. take the call. Um, yep. So yep. I think there's two things here is obviously, you know, is there an issue with the Mazda? Prob- no. Probably not. Mm. Um, is it – here's the other thing that's crazy. Where do you get the cable that you're using? Uh, from the box. Okay, so it's the it's the box that it's the cable that came with the Samsung, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right, because I, I actually had a problem once where I was using just because I got millions of cables. Just grab one yeah. if you went. Turns out some cables are good for just sending power. Some of them are good uh, for yeah. sending data and power. So that was that yeah. was an important thing to clarify. Um, mm-hmm. I think all I can do really is suggest to you that you did you make sure those things are are updated as apps. And then if you don't mm-hmm. mind, I will pass your details on to Samsung, who would mm-hmm. be not very happy to hear that they had someone who yeah. loves and frankly converted from Apple. Because here's the <laughs> thing: if this can't be resolved, Leslie, yeah. this this would push you back, wouldn't it? Because CarPlay is that reliable. Oh, and I've done it. I've put my SIM card back into my yeah. iPhone yep. and gone back thinking it is just easier to send messages, you know, in the car, take calls. It's just seamless. The Apple well, side. with your permission, I will pass on your yeah, phone number and this call to the team at Samsung. Gary McGregor, the boss, would be filthy to know that there's an issue and he would make sure that, that they they look into it in detail for you. So let's see if we can get you some personal attention to make yep. sure that's resolved. And That'd I'd love you to let me know what it is if they do resolve it, what what resolved yeah. it? Because it's yeah. one of those silly little things, right, where you think it's just you and you search the internet. There's no one else with a problem. But yeah. the thing is, mm. it's like my problem with the Hyundai. Maybe if no one talks about it, they'll never know about it either. So That's right. I made yeah. sure to tell them about it. Um, yeah. All right, leave it with me, Leslie. We'll That'd see what we can great. do. Good on you. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Have a good day. Thank you. And if you've got a question uh, like Leslie, then get in touch. Um, I can't always fix it, but we can always try and fix it. All right, so let's see what we can do. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question, just click on asktrev at eftm.com. G'day, Marianne. Hello, Trevor. How are you? I'm really good, and it's, it's really a pleasure to be able to speak to you. Well, what can I do for you? Okay, well, my dad is turning 96. What an innings. And Keep going, my I man. I know. He is amazing. He's intellectually there, all of that. Right. Um, but he's not tech savvy and he's getting very upset about 
this having to check in to places mm. and even though I take him everywhere and I said, look, you're, you're my dependent, don't worry about it, um, he feels inadequate yep. and I just thought, um, you have at times spoken about phones that work for seniors. He does have a phone, but it's just a push-button phone and it's mm. got no, it's not a smartphone. So I just thought maybe um, you could update me with what you thought might be the best solution for him um, with a, a seniors type smartphone that he, could help him. So he's willing to use a touchscreen phone? I don't think so. Mm. I don't know that he could handle that because, you know, men have the big fingers and he can't even do a text or um, open a text or Understand. things so, like but, that. But let's think about yeah. it this way. We don't want to give him the capability to do anything that he doesn't already do except for checking into uh, venues, right? Um, yeah. So he currently is able to make and take calls. That's, that's he what can. he does, right? Yes. So the thing is any of those pure, true seniors' phones are – no good in this case because they've got their big buttons, they've got their big screens, but they don't have QR code scanning. They won't have the Service New South Wales app, all those things, right? But there's a really important thing that Samsung do have on, I'm going to say, all their smartphones. And so by that, I mean their cheapest phones. And their cheapest phones are $250. Um, They've got a thing called the A-Series. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's breaching any confidence to say, I'm pretty sure they're launching a new set of A-series phones this week. There's an unpacked event, which means they're launching something. Um, And I'm not breaking any embargo because I haven't looked at the details yet, so I don't know what they're launching. I don't know how much they're going to be or what they're going to be. But on the JB Hi-Fi website right now, the cheapest two phones are $249 and $299, for example. If you were to get the Samsung Galaxy A12, $299. A12. A12. $299, okay, JB Hi-Fi. Now, your biggest thing will be you're going to need to get a different SIM card because his current phone probably has a big, chunky SIM card in it, so you might need to go to a telco and get that switched over. It's a two-minute job at the telco, so that's not a big deal, but just FYI, you'll need to do that. But then if you set up the phone for him, right, so... Yeah, because, I can do that. Because with these phones, you've got to have a Google account, you've got to sign in, all that palaver. Just set all that up under yours. Who cares? And then turn off all the email and stuff so it's just not there. Um, so you, you're not synchronising email. and Or just set up a free, simple Gmail account under his name before you do it and then set it up for him on that phone. Now, yep. then you install the Service New South Wales app and that's yep. it. And then in every Samsung phone, there's a setting called Easy Mode. Now, easy mode, easy mode is basically their seniors mode. If you go settings and display on any Samsung phone, what they have is this mode that has these kind of big, um, big apps. The apps, the app icons are bigger. Um, you can set up very simple shortcuts on the screen to your number or any other kids or carers or anyone he's got, so that you can just say, "See that big S? Press that. See that big M? That's that's Marianne. Press that." And there's the COVID safe app. I don't know. You, I feel like you don't need to teach him much to get him using a smartphone. If you set it up all for him, it'll, it'll look yeah. daunting. It'll be overwhelming. But think about what, what he needs to know. When the phone rings, how do you answer it? So you ring, you ring him and you show him you either push or you slide the green button. Okay? There, that's how you okay. answer the phone, Dad. If you need to call me, how do you use the phone? So he needs to know how to swipe up on the phone and unlock it. Yeah. 
don't put yeah. a don't put a fingerprint on it. Don't put a pin number on it. If someone steals it, you know, whatever, that's not going to happen. Don't secure oh, it okay. down. So it just swipes to unlock, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and there was a time when I, there was a time when I wanted him to use my phone to take a photo, and and it you know went off, and he, he I said, look, it's just four 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 zero to get into my phone, Dad. He said, oh, I can't do that. And he, yeah. had, he had a real problem. So yeah. t- so don't enable all that stuff. Keep it real simple. Right. To go into yep. easy mode. Delete all the apps from the screen that he doesn't need. So I do this with my mum, who's only in her seventies, but with her tablet that I gave her, instead of having a computer, mum, here's the tablet. There's three icons. There's mail. There's the internet and there's Facebook. She doesn't know what anything else is. But when she wants yeah. one of those three things, she just presses one of those three buttons. It's very easy. So okay. don't overcomplicate it by, I guess, trying to trying to do too much with the phone. But give him those yeah. basics and, and don't tell him you're doing it. Just set it up. It might take you a week to bug around with it, play with it, set it up, and then do those basic things. Okay? But I think yeah. that's perfect. Okay. Alrighty. Sounds good. So tell me again what the, the it's a Samsung what? Samsung A twelve. A twelve. Okay. Samsung A twelve. Beautiful. Good luck, Marianne. Thank you. Thanks for calling. No worries at all. Anytime. Okay. Bye. Good on you. And if you've got a question like Marianne, you want to buy something, I'll help out. EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Well, at the height of my anger towards Facebook and the height of the outage of the world on Facebook. I uncovered a, a little Aussie gem, uh, and that little gem is an app called Lit, L-I-T-T. Um, and while I could tell you it looks at first glance a bit like Instagram, it also has many of the features you might find on other social networks and some that you won't find anywhere else. And I, I'm intrigued by it because it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they did well during the downtime of Facebook, but now we've got the situation where everyone's forgotten all the rubbish that went on just a few weeks ago, and how ridiculously bad Facebook treated us as consumers. And personally, I, I think um, small businesses and the people that were affected by their uh, decisions to just kick people off the platform. So let's talk Lit. And one of the co-founders of Lit, Peter Salem, is on the line. G'day, Peter. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's a fascinating story. Take me back. Where did it start and uh, what was the idea? Okay, well, we, um, we've got a couple of founders, myself and um, Brent Thompson, my sort of main co-founder, and also uh, uh, Josh, another another good mate of ours. Um, we, we've been mates for years. We saw a bit of a gap in the whole social media world, um, looking at what the current platforms were doing, um, probably letting, letting a lot of the stakeholders down across the, um, across the globe. Mm-hmm. And we decided to look at something that would bring – more communities back together and, you know, celebrate a, a more community-based, um, you know, safer, more engaging and, and rewarding app that, uh, that filled a bit of a gap that potentially these guys couldn't uh, couldn't put together after being such a, a global monolith that they are. And when you say community, do you mean local community or community of like-minded people? What sort of communities do you appeal to? Well, I guess a bit of everything, really, because we, we want to bring together like-minded, you know, people in local communities. That's our... That's one of our main mantras yeah. on, across the across the business and and how we you know how we expect to operate across our you know I guess our mo mm-hmm. um, and but we want to build this thing out sort of community by community and that uh, that's really how we how we've started we you know we kicked this thing off in in May we you know, obviously the uh, the pandemic hit which really kicked us around like everyone else out yeah. there yeah. Um, uh, pretty much stalled our entire rollout 
which was to go out through uh, university-based um, schools, football clubs, um, you know, just general sporting clubs, um, to build those communities. And we had to pivot pretty quickly, and uh, and that that gave us time, I guess, in effect, to refine the tech, um, bring forward some ideas that we wanted to bring forward. And um, and have a have a bit more of a structured rollout plan. It just didn't uh, didn't unfortunately give us the uh, the audience that we wanted straight away because uh, they just weren't available to us. Now I know you've just gone through a form of capital raising, but how much money have you had to throw at this thing? Because it ain't cheap to build an app, let alone to have the back end to support you know people uploading videos and photos and all this content. So how how, how difficult has this been? Oh, you're 100% right, Trevor. It's, uh, it's not a uh, not a cheap exercise for for anyone out there looking to, to build an app that thinks it <laughs> thinks it's an easy process. Um, you know, I'd, I'd encourage them to to rethink it. Um, <laughs> we we um, we spent a lot yeah, a lot of money. We spent up you know over three million dollars um, to this point, getting it to uh, a released stage where we had a an MVP you know, to put out in the marketplace, and then. To, we rebuilt the app again in September and re, re-released it uh, on a new cross-platform development system, which has been amazing, um, which is a lot more scalable. And, and then we had to you know, run that right through our back-end um, architecture and, mm. and uh, the, the PHP side, which, is all, which runs all the back-end of our merchant platform and our admin platform and, and how the businesses can go on and transact and make sure that there's – um, a safe, you know, safe and, you know, I guess as best we can, a cyber secure environment. You mentioned businesses. Is that your um, focus in terms of making money or are you not focused on making money? Because that's a, and it sounds like a ridiculous question in the business world, but I feel like some startups have no plan to make money. So if you're going to A, compete with the biggest companies in the world and B, try and be sustainable, I assume you need a, a business plan that includes solid revenue. Oh, 100%. We, um, we are, look, essentially, we are an advertising-led business, um, but we also give a huge amount back, and that's one of the biggest things that we that we found as being uh, a new startup and also looking at the, the social media platforms out there currently on the market, that, um, that none of them give anything back. They, um, they just... They take a lot. Take, yeah, they take a lot. Um, they don't pay any tax. They, you know, they, they don't look after the Australian community at all. Um, so we've, we've worked out a way that we can uh, give back some of our advertising revenue that our local businesses pay to us when they put on, on a local news feed ad mm-hmm. and we give a, a percentage of that back to the, the viewers and then they can spend that back into, into local businesses once they've, once they've accumulated enough points and turned that into cash. So, so is this your, we, your kind of internal currency? I've, I've noticed it a little bit um, in using the app. So the idea is that you've kind of got this – I guess, currency of your own, which can be earned and used and exchanged within the app um, that, that allows you to build, not just build the community, but then build an engagement with audiences and businesses. Yeah, no, that's, that's correct. Well, well we, we've created our own little circular economy, really. It, the, the point system um, is, is basically a, a, a significant way that they can, they can increase their, their points on the app by, by watching ads or uh, by rewarding them for their attention. So we, yeah. we've got... Um, a little program running at the moment where we're, we're giving people a reward to post a certain amount of um, content on the on the platform itself. And then as you build up those points, and there's a little button in the uh, the points converter area on your, on your, in your wallet to convert that to cash. Now, that's that's um, we had to go through a, 
rigorous process with ASIC to uh, to get that called cash. Um, it is a, is a one to one Australian dollar um, equivalent. Yeah. So so that then could be either used to purchase straight across the counter at participating stores, or they can buy gift vouchers or coupons within the app to uh, to utilise that money that they've, that they've got, but they can't pull it out. So they can't, you know, they can't pull the money out. Or the cash, but they can use it within the app to, you know, do things like uh, support businesses who are working there. Exactly. Yeah, and that's um, and that's one of our biggest our biggest goals is we we want to re- reward the members for their attention okay. um, by sharing that advertising revenue, and and that's the whole thing. That's we're we're trying to get more people on the app mm-hmm. because the more eyeballs we get on the app, the more advertisers will uh, will want to become involved as well and promote their local business. And then that'll in turn reward people who then can earn more money on it and then go back and spend it back in their local stores. And so I can earn money simply by using social media. And then um, I guess the I'm just looking at the, the kind of tutorial for the for the cash system, LitPay allows, you know, vendors to have real world, you know, buy a coffee at a coffee shop with a little QR code and hey presto, you've uh, you've utilized that currency that you've got going within your um Within your app for engaging with the app to into the real world. Yeah, and that's and that's um, again we've we've turned ourselves I guess into a bit of a a bit of a cross between uh, a social media platform, uh, a fintech business, uh, and also an e-commerce platform by by doing that. And within that QR code system, we we've also introduced uh, our own lit Visa card. So as you are in your wallet, you can apply for a lit visa card. And the first uh, the first two thousand of those cards um, are going pretty quick because we're doing those. We're giving those away. Yep. Um, then post that, they'll they'll cost the, the member five dollars to apply for. But then they can just use that uh, that same lit visa card, which is like a, a debit card, mm-hmm. which links to their wallet and also links to their gift vouchers, and that reads anyone's, you know, any lit business's FPOS terminal, and they can just simply walk in and tap and go. So, I mean, the thing here is, this is, I mean, it's a, I think in principle, when you lay it all out, you're like, this is a freaking great idea, right? It's 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 a simple execution that plays on what people do now on social media. But obviously in your business planning, you have one massive challenge, and that is, A, getting people to firstly create an account and use the app, and secondly, yep. continue to use the app. So, I mean, is that where your focus lies now? Because I guess you would have had a massive spike with the Facebook um, issue, but you would know. I mean, I just look at mine. I go, I open it. I keep forgetting to open it, essentially. So it's this habit-forming situation that you need to create, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And we have we have that. You know, we did have that big spike, which was fantastic, and um, we had some amazing support by by the local community around Australia to, uh, to download the app. Mm-hmm. You know, we went from um, 9,000 people, you know, prior to the Facebook thing happening to, you know, nearly, nearly 19,000 as of right. today. So uh, that's been good. And 230 businesses before that to 500 as of today. So uh, a lot, lot of good support. And I think a lot of people just are looking for something that's a little bit different and something that does give back to their community. And, um, and if they can make some money out of it as well on the way, uh, and then be you know to have that money to spend back in that local business by way of giving their their mate a, a gift voucher because they you know came over and helped them mow the lawn or you know did a good deed or you know whatever the case was, um, then that really works for them. It's a, it's a set instant gratification as well. So you can you can you know like I could, I could say after this 
uh, discussion we had today. I could I could send you a gift voucher to your local coffee shop that's on lit. Yep. So you know, thanks, Trevor. It's been you know, been great talking to you, and you know, let's catch up again. But here's a here's a uh, a round of coffees on me. Yeah, right. I I am fascinated by it. I I utterly love that you're doing it. I, I love that you're local. I love that Aussies are getting behind it, and I hope that it, it continues to grow. But you know the challenge ahead, and I think I guess that's where you've just got to keep pushing. You've just got to keep having faith, and you've got to keep um, driving the team to create something that's so sticky. And you know that that cash uh, slash transactional slash reward system. You're right; doesn't exist in any other platform. And and maybe just maybe that's your uh, your saving grace, and it could be a fantastic thing to drive people there. And if we think about the the number of people who have you know Instagram or Facebook or whatever that have very small communities of followers and you know, we're talking in the tens, then why wouldn't you essentially convert? Why wouldn't you move uh, to a platform that has some some local base? And I guess from your point of view, just finally, that's what you're able to do. You've gone through this funding round. You're able to take that money and, and hyper-locally target because you've obviously been a Perth-based company. You're doing Perth things. But now you can look at other areas and people are going to start seeing that logo, start wondering what that QR code does. And maybe those coffees and those transactional-based rewards are going to drive the take-up that you need. Yeah, and that's that's right, and that's where we're really trying to push that uh, the whole um, augmented reality and, and geofencing capability of the platform as well. So, so those local sort of hyper local businesses can then start to to utilise the the app and put out push out deals and push out really really fun promotions, gamify their digital marketing. So it's not just a, another newsfeed ad, um, but people are out there chasing around you know real live deals that uh, that actually mean something to them. Yeah, a bit like the old Pokemon, but they're they're chasing around an actual deal rather than a fluffy toy. <laughs> Fantastic analogy. Good on you, mate. Good luck with it, and uh, keep us in touch and keep us in the loop on how it grows. And hopefully, a bunch of people will do. Jump on the app and uh, and search up. Uh, what am I on there? I should check, shouldn't I? Because I always struggle with usernames because I just don't get it everywhere. Is it username based or name based? How does it work? Oh no, it's username based. So Trevor Long, there we username. go. Username, yeah. Bloody Instagram! Yeah. I, I'm going to kill Instagram. I couldn't get my username there, so I am Trevor Long on on Lit as well. Good stuff, terrific, Peter. Thanks, yeah, mate. Look, that, thanks, Trevor. Look, yeah, like I say, the more people that are out there that download the app and and get involved, the uh, you know the more the community grows. Good on you, mate, and thanks for the chat. Thanks, Trevor. Cheers, mate. EFGM.com, you want to get in touch, go to the website. Uh, g'day, Mark. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Really good, mate. How are you? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. What's you just happening? caught me flying into work. Well, <laughs> we won't hold you up, mate. We need you to get the job no, done. No, that's all it's right. important to put no, food no. on the table. Yeah. <laughs> all good. What can I do for you? Oh, no, I just uh, heard you talking about uh, EVs, and uh, I think I even uh, saw something written about it on EFTM. And yep. I- Thought I'd drop you a line and say uh, I've actually m- taken the plunge to get one, uh, a Tesla Model 3. I've been hanging back for a couple of years. You know, uh, you know I hate you, know. you now. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking, you know. That, that's the implication of telling me such a thing. I don't. Uh, apart from Fennec, I don't have any friends that own Teslas because, you know, I was in, I was in the queue. I did put money down for a Model 3. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. Now I've got a Kia Carnival. Can we work that one out? Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull it. <laughs> Understand because so, I was holding back. <laughs> what? What? So you didn't? You didn't get in the first wave. You, you kind of looked and waited for other people to have them and see how it went. What? What? What pushed you oh, over the line? Oh, no, I registered like you fairly oh, okay. early. Right. Um, and I held back because I was looking at the cost. And I'm a bit like you. I 
I was having trouble justifying it. Yeah. I was a little bit lucky because I invested in Tesla reasonably early. Right. Um, and when it got pretty good value, I went, hey, look, the worst case scenario, I sell somewhere, some of my shares off on a pay for the damn yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I started to read a lot about stuff about uh, 2.5 particulates and, you know, where electricity was going and mm. electric cars. And, and the more I saw, the more I thought, oh, I've got to move to this way and it's going to move very, very fast mm. in the next five years. So, so how long have you been dro- for? Uh, since December last year, so not that long. Yeah, right. Not that so long. That's, uh, I ordered so you- it back in October. In, in, in during the at the end of the pandemic, mate, you went bugger it. I'm that's right. I'm celebrating well, they, COVID with a Tesla. Well, they dropped seven thousand dollars odd off Oof. it, and then that convinced me. I went, oh, that's better. <laughs> so, I'm tipping because you know it was a definite financial decision. You didn't go performance and all that jazz, did you? No, I couldn't justify it. Not for about thirty odd thousand more. It I is, just it I'd is love a it. very hard thing to justify. I I just I know why people do it because they want to brag, but. In terms of driving the car day to day, oh, I, yeah. I don't get it. I, you know, I really don't get it. So, what range do you get from a standard? I get close to four hundred, depending on you know what you use. If you have full on air conditioning, you, you load the car up, you're going up hills and so forth. You you might get a little bit less. It is a little bit less than the what is it four hundred odd range that they. Um, qualify it with but mm-hmm. i think it's all the accessories if you use all the accessories and everything uh then you'll get a little bit less but i've actually been surprised at how far i can get i've been right over to uh the bottom of york peninsula oh wow uh in it from adelaide um and i've got, there's been a couple of um destination charges that i've just got an extra 10 percent. had a coffee had a little break and i needed it anyway so mm-hmm. Isn't that a funny oh. thing you say? I'm so glad you say that because I mentioned that last week and I mentioned it in my Porsche drive. I, I mean, I know people want to go on about it, but seriously, you've got to stop yourself as yeah. a human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I love it that I can just plug it in at home and I can have 80 or 90% charge and, and go on a trip, you know. Uh, I don't have to worry about going to a fuel station. And seriously, the I can easily get a week out of it driving around and so forth. What, so, what do you reckon your daily commute is? Oh, look, I am away a bit, but uh, my daily commute can be anywhere up to 50-odd um, Ks so, um, so or you don't, 10 Ks. You don't sound like <laughs> someone who, who heads to superchargers for your weekly fill-up. You just charge at home, top up daily, essentially. It's just always plugged in when you need it. Pretty much, pretty much. When I went to, I went away to Wallaroo just recently, and um, I used the supercharger in town to quickly, you know, yep. spend ten minutes charging it up to full, or almost full charge. And then I used, I went to Clare, and there's two there, and we we needed the break by the time we got there, mm-hmm. charged up there, and went across to Wallaroo, found a destination charger at the local caravan park, and they were very kind to let us use it, no cost. I know that'll change, but. Seriously, the cost, I think the whole weekend cost me about 20 bucks <laughs> there and back, you know. So clearly no regrets. <laughs> Do you look at now at other EVs and think that's my next or are you are you dead strong on the Tesla family? Oh, look, the more I look into it, the more I see the updates, the improvements from even December since I've had it. Um, I, If you can stretch yourself to a, a standard plus, um, great. I, you know, they look like they've got the model... 
um, what they call the Model 2 or everybody's calling it, is going to probably come out in the next couple of years. I reckon that's going to be around about the 35, 40 grand. I reckon that's going to be the key point for a lot of people to get in that. Do but you really think they'll get that to Australia at 40 grand? I think they will because I think they're going to build a lot of them in China and yeah. it's going to be designed in China. So I think we're going to be, you know, the shipping and everything's going to be quite easy for them to get to here. Um, look, even the car I've got, uh, I've been blown away with what you can do. It. Yeah, there's a few little um, things that I wasn't happy early on, but they are so minor and they've fixed a lot of it with software, you know, a few things that I was unhappy about, the, uh, I guess, the autopilot initially picking up things that it shouldn't do or breaking a little bit harshly, and now they've fixed that. I've, uh, their service, I had a couple of little delivery issues with a, a minor paint uh, blemish underneath the bonnet, and they, they just fixed it straight away. You know, it's it's been incredible, really, that uh, how that thing operates and how it improves every week. Uh, and just, do you still uh, find yourself convincing your mates, who, or are they, are they oh, believers? yeah. Uh, well, some of them are. Some of them have had a couple of drives in it and they've been pretty blown away. But I think a lot of people still don't understand everything that it can do. You know, the the eventually the full self-driving, okay, you know, I can't justify $10,000 in Australia at the moment because it's not authorised. And secondly, you know, 10000 bucks is a bit of money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people still don't fully – they look at them and they say, oh, that's an electric car or like – Hyundai's got an electric car or a couple of electric cars. You know, Nissan have got electric cars. They don't understand the comparison between the two. So I think I could – I certainly can justify the the extra cost because of what it's got in it and what it will value it will hold in the future. So bottom bottom line, you see the Tesla as more than an electric car because of the software and its potential capabilities, let alone what it's capable to do now, which is why it sets itself apart from the other EVs in the market. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, look, I'm, uh, you know, there's so many things I could rattle off. I won't waste your time. Well, you know, all, the, all that matters, Mark, is that I hate you. Let's <laughs> all remember that, okay? All right, so. Oh, well, uh, it's done its job then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, enjoy the car. I hope it brings you many, many years of motoring pleasure, and I hope that uh, it becomes part of a, a family of EVs or a family of Teslas uh, in the future because clearly uh, you, you – like, I've never – I don't know anyone that doesn't like them. Like, that's the thing. I've never known anyone to own one and not not love it. That's that's the critical thing, right, isn't it? You yeah. Know, can't yeah, say that about yeah. a lot of cars, can you? I think once you get into one and you, you drive it around and have that experience, you you start to realise the implications, yeah, yeah, for sure. Good man. Thanks no. for getting in touch, Mark. No, thanks a lot, Trevor. All Good the best, you, mate. Stay well and thanks, right. for, thanks for being loyal, buddy. Cheers, mate. Same with you. Bye. And uh, yeah, great experience. And that's that's really fun to hear that first-hand experience based on uh, last week's chat about electric cars. Got a question? Happy to help uh, Trevor along with you taking your calls. If you've got a question, go to the website eftm.com. G'day, Ryan. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good, buddy. What's happening? Oh, not a lot. Just uh, kicking back, uh, ready to talk some EVs and hybrids with you today. What's your experience? Well, mate, I'm lucky enough that I, um, Mrs. has a uh, Toyota RAV4 hybrid and I've got a Tesla Model 3. Oh, far out. I just spoke to a bloke who's got a Model 3 and I told him I hate him and now you've got a Model 3 and a RAV4, RAV4 hybrid, which are bloody hard <laughs> to find. Yeah, they are. They really are. Uh, she's lucky enough it's a work car, actually, so it's supplied to her. So when did you get the Tesla? Uh, I got the Tesla at the end of 2019. Oh, you've been riding there. Yep, okay. Yeah. 
You probably had a, a, a reservation at the same time as me, which I did. But anyway, we won't go into that again. Um, <laughs> so, what's your experience? Do you? I mean, obviously, I have no doubt you love the Tesla, but I do. In terms of, I guess, some of the hype or some of the conversations around running it on the highway and those kind of things. How, how do you? How do you find it? Um, well, do you often take the Rav Four instead of the Tesla, for example? Yeah, we absolutely do. And um, see, that's the thing, I guess, uh, a lot of people uh, misunderstand, I guess, about EVs and uh, comparing them to hybrids. You know, everyone thinks a hybrid uh, is just like a normal petrol car. It's, mm. you know, it's really not. It's the way I like to think about it. It smooths out what a normal uh, petrol car would do. So your hills and your stop-start traffic and all that kind of stuff, that's where the electric motor comes in for them. Right. And so do you feel it when you're driving the road? I've never driven a Camry or a Corolla or a Prius hybrid on hills and freeways. I mean, do you really feel it when you're driving or is it just instinctive and, um, you know, is it just it's only something you notice on those gauges that show you the, the EV usage? Yeah, so on the highway, it is pretty much just the gauges is where you're going to notice it. But um, around the stop-start traffic, you definitely feel the electric motor kick you off. Uh, so that's that, you know, high petrol consumption, high usage area. And then uh, then the petrol motor will uh, kick in after you get going. So it's an interesting one because a lot of people don't realise that I think hybrid is pretty much synonymous with Toyota, right? You think RAV4, you yeah. think Corolla, you think Prius, right? But I actually think that Toyota are at risk of – losing their ascendancy in this space if they don't push towards plug-in hybrid or EV very quickly because for me, and Flipsy who does cars mainly for me, has fallen in love with plug-in hybrids because of that ability to plug in and charge the battery and drive you know, 40, 50 Ks on 100% electric power. So you're getting that full EV experience and only needing the petrol engine when you want those longer trips or journeys. I just yep. think that's that's our interim. That's our next kind of six to ten years worth of, of cars on the road before we, you know, make the economies of scales of an EV affordable. Oh, absolutely, mate. 100% agree with you there. And um, you know, if you look at the, the money that goes into the batteries, that's where the big expense is with these things. And, you know, the average Australian consumer, um, you can Google this, you know, I think it's uh, 36 kilometres a day is what the average person yep. is doing. You don't need much battery to do that. No. You know, Which is also a, a point, isn't it? And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Talk, talk to me about how you charge. Well, talk to me about how much you drive your Model Three and how yep. you charge it and where. So I do. I do about sixty k's a day. That's yep. my work commute to yep. and back. Um, and I set the car to charge uh, at three o'clock in the morning when power is cheap. I just plug it in when I get home. Don't even think about it. The car automatically starts charging at about three thirty in the morning. By the time I leave at uh, quarter to six, um, it's good to go. It's back up. I only ever charge it up to 70% because for uh, lithium-ion batteries, they don't like going to 100% all the time. The new Mm -hmm. Tesla actually, um, the made-in-China ones, they're actually fine with that. They've got uh, lithium-phosphate batteries. But um, the older lithium-ion ones that we're using, or the more state-of-the-art ones, I should say, um, they don't like being at 100%. So uh, the way I see it is I go to 70 because I'm only using about 15 to 20% of it a day anyway. So why go all the way? Just keep it in the middle. And that is the – I mean, I, I think I've told – I might have even told this story last week, but that's what Mercedes said when they launched the EQC. They said 96% of all charging is done at home. And it's yep, a big misnomer, absolutely. isn't it? People think, where are, the, where are we going to charge it? and How are we going to set up petrol stations for these things? And, you know, like you don't yeah. realise, you just plug it in at home. 
And no, that's, that's right. And, you know, how, how often are people going on road trips? You know, once, twice, three times a year, that's it. That's the only time you're ever going to need this public charging, unless you're living in a unit where you don't have off-street parking. Yes. I think the majority of Australians, we're pretty lucky here. We do have our own dwellings and all that. We have the ability to charge at home. And 95% of the time, that's what you're going to be doing. You don't mm. even think about it. People talk about the time it takes to charge and all that. It doesn't matter. You get home, you plug it in, you forget about it. It's done. You go the next morning, you're ready. So what have you done road trip style? Uh, I've been to Newcastle, um, we've been to Bundaberg, I'm from Brisbane obviously, so um, you know, a few hundred Ks here and there, but um, like I said in my email, um, we tend to take the RAV because it's just, it's good on Ks, the SUV is probably a little bit more comfortable, um, and you know, the thing only uses you know, mid fives, um, litres per hundred in fuel, yeah. so if you're actually comparing it to supercharging, you know, Tesla's proprietary charging, which is 52 cents a kilowatt, the bloody RAV's cheaper. <laughs> that's a funny thing. Someone said to me, um, or maybe I was doing the calculation somewhere, but you know the the super actually the Tesla supercharger rate is higher than ChargeFox's rate. It is. Um, it is. And I just you know there's actually a conversation to be had about you know charge prices, and uh, you know it's all great that a bunch of people, the serious fanboys, got free supercharging because they bought early and good on them. But yeah. Man, most people um, need to actually know the cost because that RAV4, a much more casual drive when you don't have to worry about range anxiety and where you're going and the cost of the actual charge. Absolutely. But, you know, it it does get back to the original point where we were talking about, you know, day-to-day driving. Sure, supercharging is not cheap, but how often are you doing it as well? If you're only doing it two, three times a year, it doesn't really matter that you're paying a little bit of a premium. You don't need to be high-speed DC charging all the time. For the most mm. part, you're just AC charging at home, out of an outlet or a you know 22 or 11 kilowatt charger or whatever you've got. Which reminds me, you also made a point that uh, Ross the Sparky I was talking to last week had some mm. num- no, had too many zeros in his numbers. So the yeah. actual voltage calculation isn't as bad as he might have hoped. No, no. So it's um, you know, it's voltage times current, which he correctly uh, wrote. But um, you know, for CCS two, which is the standard that we are using mm-hmm. here today, it's actually a five hundred amp limit, um, and what you can do. And the voltage, I guess, is where we get the you know, the three fifty kilowatt or or more, which will be coming in the future with tritium charges. So three fifty kilowatt charges. Are you able to answer me what that what the deal is with those charge force? Call them ultra rapid three fifty yep. up to three fifty is what they say. I was driving a car that was capable of that but didn't get anywhere near that. Is that because we're not ready yet? I think it's just future-proofing from a lot of these um, charger providers. You know, the charger is is technically capable of doing it, but if the car won't let it, then um, you'll see what you saw, which was, you know, mid-200s or high-100s or something like that. I wonder why the car wouldn't let it if the car's capable of it. Well, a lot of it comes down to thermal management. So the batteries, I know in Tesla's case, they precondition. Mercedes does this as well as they're approaching a charger. Yep. So optimal charging temperature is usually around 50 degree mark. Yep, so that's, that's quite warm. Does, yep. Yeah. So they'll get up there. Once they're there, there's also, you can't ram power in as it's towards a higher state of charge. So a lot of time, especially with the Teslas, you're, um, you know, you're zero to 20%. That's where you're going to get up to 250 kilowatts in the case of a Tesla. Not that we have any charges supercharges that can do it. We've got, oh, right. we got the so charge fox ones. If I took the Porsche to, you know, 1% and plugged in an ultra rapid, I'm more likely to see the highest possible number in the very, very early stages, whereas I was seeing yeah. the 1, 150 yeah. in the mid stages, and then it tamps down from about 70, 75% to, you know, 80, and then down, down, down to, to get yeah. to the end. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's been plenty of people, YouTubers and whatnot, who've done this kind of research and they've got charge profiles where you can see them, you know, at the lower states of charge, they ramp right up and then as the battery's getting more full, it slows down. And that's another argument is like why you're never charging to 100%, especially on road trips, because it just takes too long. Mm. You're doing your, your 10 to 80% or 90% charge and that's it. And there's no point because that Why would lasts. you sit for another 40 minutes or half an hour, yeah. even 20 minutes just to get another 10% when you may as yeah, well that's just... Right. Yeah, okay, good point. Yeah, you're better off just going to the next charge and doing it again at a lower state of charge. And just finally, you also noted that the cables are liquid-cooled, which would assist with that sizing issue that, that I think the Sparky had last week. Yeah, yeah. So the bigger charges, the 350s and all that, they're definitely liquid-cooled. There you go. Live, mm, you live and learn. Around. Well, that, I think that's fascinating that, you're, um, that your experience, you know, despite the fact that you've got one of the greatest electric cars you can buy today, your experience doesn't doesn't suggest that you know you wouldn't use the Rav Four in, in certain conditions because you know both economies and and many other reasons you would you'd consider both even yeah, though that, both are, you know both are absolutely great cars for just different reasons and different ways of uh, skinning the cat so to speak and both allow you to do your bit for the environment if that's your if that's your methodology or that's your reason for going electric then a, a hybrid does a huge amount towards the environment as does you know going electric so yeah, it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Toyota does in the four-wheel drive space. I think uh, yes. that's you know that community has a lot of concerns with pure electric, but um, you know I'll throw out to mates and all that. Well, what about a hybrid? You know, it's the best of both worlds, mate. I just think that's maybe that's the best solution. Like the the imagine a Land Cruiser plug-in mm. hybrid. Also, yep. get this: imagine you could you could module have a modular battery system where all these people that load up, you know, in camper style, you could go, mm-hmm. you know what, we, we can sell you a 50 kilowatt battery that mm-hmm. just plugs into the back and it's just a higher boot level or something. And it gives you more range, but still plug in, but still has a, you know, a, a semi uh, combustion engine at the front doing some of the legwork. I mean, I, there's some interesting stuff they could do. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because on a recent camping trip, I, I went to Fraser Island with some buddies and we were talking, this is right before I got my car, we were talking about things like that and we thought, wouldn't it be great if you had like an optional where you could go, all right, the car, the core car comes with say a 40 kilowatt battery mm. or whatever and in the front, or, you know, there's nothing but, you know, if you want, you can go lease a motor, a petrol motor or whatever that acts as a charge or hybrid, you know, or if yeah. you want an extended range, you can go get a 30 kilowatt battery that drops in there, you know, how good would that be? Battery rental systems at the start of a yeah. highway journey. Absolutely. It's all possible. All right, mate. Good mm, luck with the, uh, the cars and uh, thanks for the insights. No worries, Trev. Have a good day. Good on you, mate. And uh, I found that fascinating. You know, the RAV4 is a cracker car, like one of the most popular hybrids you can buy today. Um, but there's a man in the family. They've got a hybrid RAV4 and a Tesla Model 3. And the RAV4 could easily, on some trips, be more economical to drive. But still... Nothing taking away from the awesomeness of the Tesla and uh, and his love for it. Good stuff. Thanks for getting in touch, buddy. Hopefully we'll have one more chat next week about uh, electric cars. Uh, Marty from Charge Fox, I'm just trying to tee up the time to chat. Hopefully it's next week. We can wrap up that conversation. I still have a bit of few unanswered questions about fast charging and ultra fast and all that stuff. Um, but yes, uh, good to hear from a couple of people. There's other people too, Russ Keys, who um, I couldn't get back to in the right amount of time, unfortunately, while we're recording. We might talk next week as well, mate. Um, if you email me, I try and call, um, you know, in the hours that I record the show. Um, and um, there was a lot of conversation about EVs this week. So really cool to hear from actual owners of EVs. And hopefully that was insightful for you as much as it was hearing me last week rabbit on about the Porsche. 
Um, don't forget to subscribe if you're just listening randomly. Hit subscribe. Um, search for EFTM on Spotify or iTunes or Pocket Casts and hit subscribe so you get the notifications every week that we're doing a new show. Um, and if you're on iTunes, leave a rating. Um, subscriptions to the show and ratings are what help the show be found and also be rated well on the iTunes store. So if you are using an Apple device, jump onto the iTunes podcast store and leave a rating and a review. We appreciate the way you do that and the fact that you do that because there ain't no real incentive. And to those people that left reviews, I st- uh, boxed up or enveloped up a bunch of stickers in uh, just this morning. So I've got to dig up all those emails and hopefully I can find the uh, five or ten people who jumped in real fast to get um, some EFTM stickers that I promised a little while ago. So thank you to all those people again. Let's do it again next week, folks. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. (laughs) 